0: Well, we know our loved ones in heaven. Everybody's got somebody. Uh, the older we get, the more somebodies we get. You know, I'm of the age to where it seems like we go to more funerals than we do weddings. You know, I mean, when we were young, that's all we did was go to weddings. You know, I think that's, I told my son who's 22 the other day, and I said, Where are you all going? He said, We're going to a wedding. Well, this is back in December. He said we're going to a wedding. I said, "Now you do know after three weddings in one year with a girl, you're contractually liable to marry her." <laughs> She's trying to give you a hint. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just seems like I go to more funerals than I do uh, weddings. I have a very close friend who's. Uh, Mother passed away just this last week. They had her uh, service day before yesterday. Great woman of God. And she was hurting so bad, you know, that um, uh, I rejoiced for her when he called and said, Mom, went on to be with the Lord. You know, I mean, I grieve with my friend. Because grief is not for people going to heaven. Grief is for those who are still here. There's nothing to grieve about up there, you know. Uh, but everybody's got a, you know, a dad or a mom or a child or a relative or whatever. And, and so we talk about, do they know in heaven what's going on here? Or better ask, I guess, is can, can they know, do they want to know what's going on here? Because we know that they know each other, Amen. And so we're going to see in a little bit. We're going to talk about, you know, I t- told you at the beginning, I think the first week about a vision the Lord gave me and my grandma just looking over the edge of heaven, clapping her hands and going off dancing across the, the place. Uh, so they can know. And the good news is that unlike some of the stuff we've been through, the Bible really has quite a bit to say about this. Um, the, the uh the, the first thing is, do our loved ones go immediately to heaven? You know, there is uh, there are large denominations out there who, who preach that there's an intermediary place. And that uh, you can go to this place, and if you have been uh, a, a bad man or a bad woman, that if enough of your Uh, relatives and friends will pray and pray good prayers that eventually God will let you into heaven. It sounds wonderful. There's not an ounce of biblical truth to it. But it sounds wonderful. You know, sometimes churches get to where they tell people what they think people want rather than what the Lord says. And that's when we get in trouble as a church. Um said so the Bible never speaks of an intermediate place. Never speaks of an intermediate place. Uh, the Bible doesn't speak of any place, uh, of anything like a limbo. You know, well, they're, they're in limbo, and we just got to get 1,200 more prayers for them, and man, then they can go to heaven. doesn't work that way. Um, and you say, well, you know, that's a little drastic, you know, not let some guy into heaven, you know, but... We didn't make the rules. We don't get to... To uh, I can ask God a question, but I have no right to question God. I mean, it's none of my business why he set this up the way he set it up. Except that I need to be obedient to him so that I can go and we can all be together in that great place called heaven. Um, <coughs> so... I believe that the Bible is very specific and teaches us that when we die, we immediately go to either heaven or hell. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Uh, you remember Jesus when he was on the cross and he was talking to the, to the dying thief. And this guy had been a rascal his whole life. And he had maybe five minutes of life left in him. And Jesus forgave him. And he said, you will be with me today. Today. He didn't have to go and go through some theology class or go get water baptized or, you know, anything else. He went straight with Jesus when they died. Amen. Jesus promised the thief that he would go immediately, that he'd go directly. Look what uh, Paul, Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You know, if you can grasp hold of that, whatever happens, you can deal with. You know, some guy comes in and sticks a knife to your throat and says, that, you know, I, if you don't convert and uh, curse G- Christ, uh, I'm gonna kill you. Well, get after it, because to be absent from this body is to be with the Lord, and not someday, but if I'm absent from this body tonight, tonight I'm with the Lord. So this explains why our Lord and 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 Stephen. You know, Stephen looked up and he he, he looked up and he said, "Into your hands I commit my spirit." He was he was ready to go. He knew he was going to die. And he didn't die because he was a a robber or a thief. He died because he proclaimed Jesus was the Messiah. That's why he died. To this day, there are people people today who are dying in the Middle East because Jesus is their Savior. Uh, There are some other biblical examples of men of God who went directly to heaven. Uh, Enoch, the Bible says that uh, he walked with God, and that he was no more. He didn't die. He didn't die. He was one, <coughs> Excuse me. One of only a couple of guys or people who didn't die. Enoch never died. The Bible said the Lord was walking with him, and he just was no more. How'd you like that? You step out, and your left foot hits dirt, and your right foot hits heaven. What a deal! that's pretty good yeah uh you remember Elijah the Bible says that he was caught up in a whirlwind into heaven on a fiery chariot I tell folks this is the the world's first uh um a holy ghost hot rod but he didn't die he didn't die he just was he was gone he just wasn't here anymore um and we were talking downstairs about uh this this slave named Lazarus and his uh, his owner, his master and Lazarus, when he died went to be with the Lord. his master had a different experience and it, the the uh, uh, the the Lord went on to talk about how. The uh, how the master looked across and said to the Lord, uh, "Send, send, uh, um, help me, Lazarus, over here, so he can bring me some water, so he can serve me." Man, the die, guy died; he goes to hell, and he's still wanting Lazarus to serve him. I mean, that's that's crazy. And we all know that the Lord said, "No, he can't do that." You know, And he said, well, then send him back, let him be an evangelist and go and, and tell my kin that this thing is real and there is a heaven, there is a hell. And he couldn't do that either because, folks, when it's over, it's over. Doesn't matter how slick the presentation is or how knowledgeable the speaker appears to be or how many big words they use. Or if they use Hebrew, Greek, and 17 other languages. The truth of the matter is that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And that if Christ is your Savior, you go to heaven. If he's not, you do not. And it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. You know, the Bible says that it's not God's desire that any should perish. I mean, God wants... God wants that we all would be saved and come into his kingdom. Uh, so, will we know our loved ones in heaven? 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, and then shall I know even as I am known. It's very evident from verses all throughout Scripture that in heaven, everybody knows everybody. Um, you, the uh, These verses tell us that, that we will have a full knowledge of things. Now, I do believe this. I believe that when we get to heaven, there will be many things that we are no longer concerned with. You know, I don't... Um, uh, you know, I know how to calculate pi, and I know that it never ends, supposedly. But when I get to heaven, I'm not going to care how many decimals out we can calculate pi. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Um, my, my old buddy, Johnny Cook, who is the co-author of this book, has a song on one of his albums. And he says, uh, when you come to heaven and you look for me, Look for Jesus because that's where I'll be. And he says, for the first thousand years, just let me, just leave me alone. And then when you find me with Jesus, that's where I'll be. Jesus said, in heaven we'll sit down with Abraham, with Isaac and Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven. There's an old joke been around forever about a guy who survived the great Jamestown flood in the 1800s there was a devastating flood and just destroyed most of the northeast and this guy died and he went to heaven and he kept saying he wanted to tell somebody about the Jamestown flood and St. Peter came to him and said well I got somebody you can talk to about it he said but his name is Moses (laughs) So, we the, the uh, all these great saints will be in heaven, and uh, you know when we talk about saints, we're talking about us. We're talking about us. My wife found uh, a, a CD that had had a cassette tape converted to CD of me preaching a revival in Chico, California, in 1975. And uh, my old pastor's wife gave them to her. She had had them for a long time. My wife didn't tell me when she got them because she figured I'd probably throw them away. An eight millimeter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a uh, what they call it four track. <laughs> but uh,
1: floppy.
0: Yeah. Even even then, I, I was listening last night. And I thought, oh gosh, this is just going to be terrible, you know, and. It turned out it wasn't bad after all. When when I just listened to it as if it wasn't me, you know, if it was just somebody else. I said, man, that guy, they, he's preaching exactly what I'm teaching. And that's exactly what I was preaching that night was about heaven and hell. Wow. So, um, we'll know them and surely we'll know each other. Um, if you remember when the Lord was transfigured in in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. That The Bible says Peter, James, and John saw who? Moses and Elijah. And it immediately they said to each other that there's Moses and Elijah. How'd they know that was Moses and Elijah? They'd been dead for hundreds of years. But there's something about that magnificent body that we receive when we go to heaven. That we, are, that we know and we are known. And so they knew immediately who it was. Uh, the next question is, and this is a very controversial question, so I'm going to do my best to run through it as quick as I can. <laughs> Will there be marriage in heaven? An old preacher friend of mine used to say he knew there wouldn't be marriage in heaven because the Bible said he was going to be happy. <laughs> but Jesus explained it that that there there's no marriage in heaven. Matthew twenty two thirty says, "For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage." but are as the angels of God in heaven. Notice he didn't say that we would be angels. He said we will be as the angels. So in other words, these things that are so important to us today are not going to be of any importance at all to us when we go to heaven. There will there, be non-issues. Um, that would make things a lot easier. Though. Huh? Like people
1: have been like buried multiple times, that would make things a lot easier. Uh,
0: Oh, oh! Not having marriage? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I mean, what what about um, you know somebody who has been widowed and and, and you know remarries? I, I, it could get real confusing in a hurry. Um, so we can really kind of only speculate why it is, other than just to accept the fact that God knows what He's doing. Amen. All the mood, all the needs we have that are met in marriage now. Love, joy, security, fellowship will all be met in heaven by our Heavenly Father. Um, We'll all live in perfect harmony with one another as brothers and sisters in the family of God. That's the incredible part right there. Is that we will live in perfect harmony. Even people that today you might hate their guts... Should they make it to heaven or should we make it to heaven? (laughs) That's all gone away. That's why it's silly to keep a grudge today. It it doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, So the best thing to do is just give it to the Lord and move on. Amen? So we'll have perfect unity and harmony, no jealousy, and no competition. The next one is a little bit easier, and that's, do innocent babies go to heaven if they die? Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. God is so good that even babies who never breathe a breath go directly to be with Jesus. Go directly to be with Jesus. Deuteronomy 139 refers to little ones, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil. Uh, If you remember when King David's son died, remember David slept with Bathsheba, and God said, that's a no-no, and you're going to lose the baby. Sure enough. But when he died... Once the baby died, David stopped grieving. He stopped grieving. He said this, I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. See, David knew where he was going. And he knew when that baby died, he knew where that baby went. So it's a tragedy for anybody to die. It's a special tragedy, I think, for children to die. And, but we can be comforted in the fact that to be absent from here is to be present with the Lord. Isn't that great? The next question is, do our loved ones know what's happening here on earth? Um, has somebody got, you got a Bible you can loan me? For somehow I got off of mine. It's, an NLT. it's a what? NLT. Oh, that'll work just fine. Uh, Luke chapter 16, and we're going to look at, uh, verse 19. Luke 16, verse 19. Oh, it's in the book? Yeah. Well, somebody loan me a book. Here. Ah. I somebody here. There's one. Ah. I got it. Okay. Right. Page 66. 65, 66. Yeah, I don't know how I got by My Bible's probably back there in my box under the muffins. Yep. This, uh, um, This this passage tells us that um, it it talks about torment. You know about the rich man and Lazarus. We all know that we we all know. It. And then he cried and he said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." Guess what? There is in hell fire, fire, flame. Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted and you have torment. He is comforted and you have torment. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, if you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that they may testify to them, lest they also come to the place of torment. I mean, in hell, he had decided not only did he not want to be there, he didn't want his family to go there. If you've got a family member that just is not getting it, that just won't get saved, please don't stop praying for them don't stop praying for because every day they have another chance to accept the Lord so keep praying so he says I have five brothers and 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 um, Abraham said they have Moses and the prophet. let them hear them oh what was he saying there did Moses live there no he was talking about what he was talking about the Old Testament Moses defied the Pentateuch the five first first five books in the Bible. Say that fast five times. Yeah. So, um, and he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rise from the dead. So, just... Exactly. So, Abraham said to this guy, he said, you know, they have everything they need to come to the Lord. And and doing something special, doing some kind of Holy Ghost hat trick is not going to bring anybody to the Lord. I think there's a lot of things in modern day Christianity that we do. I don't mean we specifically, but I'm talking about we as the church. Things we do that are just silly and that it makes us appear to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stupid? No. Uh-oh. My wife told me I had to be kind. Uh, to be foolish. But stupid was good, I like that, yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah. If you remember in First Samuel chapter 28, the story of Saul, and uh, Saul went to visit a fortune teller, a median, uh, uh, one translation calls her a witch, that he went to see the witch, and uh, to get some counsel from, he was looking for somebody, you know, David wasn't around anymore to tell him what was going on, and and his prophets couldn't help him so he's looking for somebody to give him some good news about this battle so he goes to one place that he should never have gone Saul was a, a big man he was a handsome man but he was not real bright yeah there you go that's in the uh, yeah in the, the greek for that is stupid <laughs> but first Samuel 28 talks about that that Samuel, for some reason, the Lord had Samuel, who had been the prophet to Saul, to come back from uh, the dead, to announce to Saul that his kingdom was going to be taken away from him and given to David, and that he was going to die. Um, In Revelation 6, verse 9, it said, The apostle John saw the martyred saints in heaven who were crying out, Oh, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? There is coming a day when the blood of Abel that has cried out, will be avenged. And that will be a horrible, horrible day. The good news is, we will be in heaven. We will have our glorified bodies. But this will happen. Amen? The only way they could know, <coughs> the only way they could know this was to see, the only way they could know this was to see what was happening on earth. The Lord said there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents on earth. Over one sinner that repents on earth. Isn't it funny how we get all caught up in so much stuff that's just fluff? Just fluff. When, when what we're supposed to be about is we're supposed to be about receiving our inheritance. And our inheritance is not money. It's not silver and gold. The Bible says our inheritance is the lost of this world. Our job is to go get them, bring them in, is to tell them about the Lord. I think this is a good, this little book, one of the reasons we wrote it was, I think it's a real good witnessing tool, you know, that you can give this to somebody who maybe has a mother or a father that's, uh, uh, you know, that's about to die and, and uh, you don't have to talk about heaven and hell. You can just talk about what's written in the book and you'd be surprised how many people through the years have said, that just brought me comfort. I had a lady just this week call me on the phone and say, you know what, I, it, that just brought me comfort. I said, well, it must have been the part that Dr. Cook wrote, not, not the part that I wrote.
1: Question, can you expound on this statement? If the moment die and one death, then we'll huh. But then... I opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain.
0: Now they've been slain in Jesus' name. Yep. They're stuck underneath the altar? Well, no, that's not what it says. What does it say? What's under the altar? The soul. There you go. Yeah, it's not their body.
1: Well, he's talking to them.
0: It, well, yeah, obviously. But remember, we are body, soul, and spirit. Our body will be renewed. I mean, we'll receive a new body, you know, um, um, and of course our spirit, our spirit is renewed. So, the the I don't know if 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 he's trying to separate that out. Uh, I don't know if it's just just you know because obviously that's where torment is. That that's where uh, uh, that's where desire comes from is is from the soul. So that could be why he's why he uses that, you know, that phrase. I don't know. I'll look that up. I I'll look it up in the Greek and yeah, see what it it's says. A play on words yeah.
1: Because I mean, I think my 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 spirit and soul is supposed to heaven, our body returns to dust right. until his coming and then we're taken. Up. Yeah.
0: That's why I've always said cremation's okay, because if God can make Adam from dust, He can put you back together.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I don't think that's what that's what it is. I mean, because it's a special thing to be at the altar, you know. So it it, it may be a place. Uh, it may be a special place. Uh, it's not a place of torment. Those souls are not tormented. They're, they're in the throne room. But they're crying out to God. Yeah, they're crying out to God and they're saying, when are you going to avenge? When are you going to avenge? Yeah. And God says, be patient. I hadn't got everybody yet. God's trying to get up another boatload. That's how we're
1: going time before the jet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You had a question?
1: I was just going to comment the way I like there are people under us right now in, in a first story in this building, but it's a place that could be dedicated where somebody can go and get close to the altar of God. Um, but uh, um, for the petitions, for the tears that they shed, for the people they left behind, things like that. But I see it just as a place just like another story.
0: Yeah. It's like,
1: hey, yeah. we're going to go under the altar and spend some time there.
0: Here's what I know. You might want to get a pencil and write this down. Here it comes. You ready? I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: but the Lord said there'll be joy in heaven over one sinner that repents on earth, which tells us that in heaven they know what's happening on earth. Um, I think there's lots of there's there's I think the book said ample. Biblical evidence that those in heaven have knowledge of our activities on earth. Now, you can get real deep, you can get out in the weeds pretty deep, you know, by saying, well... What do they know in heaven? What's been taken away in heaven? I, I don't know all that, but all that's, like I say, that's just out in the weeds. And, and I'm I'm more interested in catching fish than I am getting all tangled up in the weeds out there with stuff I really don't know anything about.
1: Yeah, you know, um, like, um, we, we think we can see, according to this chapter, basically, we, when people are in heaven, they can... See the people blow and what's going on. Undoubtedly, their family and stuff, right? Well, how do you feel about it if they're uh, if they're they see their son that's just they know is going to hell, you know? But there's no there's no uh, misery in heaven. So <laughs> well. <laughs> that's a tough- you, your parents just don't care about you anymore. <laughs> 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 I you know what the heck?
0: I don't know. I, I, I think that when we get to heaven we won't think like we do here on earth. You know, that, that it's a, a completely different dynamic and that I know my wife. I know my wife physically. Um I would recognize her, you know, anywhere. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to know her. But I suspect that those feelings that I have for her now, those, if you will, those soulish feelings, will be gone. Will be gone. That's why Jesus said there's, you know, there's no... Giving or taking in, in marriage in heaven I is because it's a
1: whole new dynamic, it's a whole yeah. new way that we look at Yeah, we just can't. The uh, when
0: we're in glory, the, I think you know, when I'm witnessing to somebody, one of the hardest things to do is get them to understand that they're not going to live forever. Now, if you, I probably led more people to the Lord who were in a hospital related to somebody who was in a hospital bed. You know, because they always want the preacher to come and see grandma, you know, before she dies. But if I'm going to come see grandma, then I'm going to talk to everybody else that's there. And I'm going to say, you know what? Let me tell you what your grandma's greatest desire is for you right now. That you come to know Jesus like she knew Jesus. Yeah. You had a question?
1: Uh, A comment, actually, where he was asking. And I don't know whether this was a dream or a vision I had uh, after my dad died. And he was a very strong Christian. And... It was about the time our son was in the worst of his rebellion and drugs and one thing and another and my daddy always was kids. Uh-huh. His grandkids were his other than the Lord, and Mother, I mean he would have died for his grandkids. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I don't I really don't know whether it was a dream or a vision, but I saw my dad standing beside Jesus in heaven. And we didn't know, even know where Robert was at that point in time. We didn't know whether he was dead or alive. My brother had kicked him out of my, our parents' house. It was a long story. But I could see my dad standing beside Jesus saying, There he goes, go get him. There he goes. What are you gonna do about this? There he is. and I mean I could see my dad right there by <laughs> Jesus and he was real adamant. I mean my dad was a red headed Irishman. So
0: Interceding he here, to I the intercessor. It
1: wasn't in a bad way. Yeah. But it yeah. might be so much that he knew that Robert was his grandson, but it was new, he knew it was somebody he loved that he that needed today. the Lord. Yeah, and Robert is now serving yeah. the Lord and ministering at the church and all. Kinds Praise of God! So I think you know it talks about that cloud of witnesses. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if we see the bad, or maybe we see
0: how the bad ends, or. Could be because you know, and there's no, there's no clock in heaven. There's no time. There's not that constraint of time, you know. Um, but the choices we make now will determine our destiny, not just for the rest of our life, but for eternity. Um, the right decision will lead to the right destiny. The wrong decision will lead to the wrong destiny.